Okay, we have uh, reached the end of the course of study class. The course of study is uh, Psalm 119. I don't know if, if you're new here this morning, all summer long, our pastors have been taking us through Psalm 119, and we have reached the end of the road in terms of this, uh, this chapter. So I'm, I'm kind of curious what you have gleaned or learned from now. T tell me about Psalm 119. What do you know about it? Long. Long. Right. How many verses? How many verses, Joel? 176. 176. If you can read, that's your clue. Okay. Uh, what, what else do you know about, uh, about Psalm 119? Yes. Okay, the key the key word is what? He's got a lot of names for, not to cut you off there, but there are a lot of words that are used, all of which hearken back to the word. And so the key word or the key idea is God's word and how valuable it is. Uh, how many sections in Psalm 119? Are they divided up in any particular way? Do you remember that? According to the Greek alphabet. And how many of them are there? What did I say? Greek, uh, Hebrew alphabet, sorry about that, yes, Hebrew alphabet, 22 letters. Each of these 22 sections have eight verses in it. You do the multiplication and you get the 176, don't you? Okay, um, who's, who's the author of uh, Psalm 119? Anybody know? No, nobody knows for sure. I happen to think it's Ezra the priest because in the Old Testament, his high regard for God's word just comes out loud and clear. In fact, a lot of scholars think that. One of our speakers here a few weeks ago said, uh, was referring to David. He thought it was David. Well, truth is, we really don't know. But um, we're, gonna, we're here to wrap up today um, with, the, with the Greek. Uh, I keep saying Greek. I don't know why. Hebrew letter Tav. And the, the, the uh, little pointer doesn't work on this thing. So, but I, I know that one of the things that you've all really wanted to do was to learn or at least say the Hebrew alphabet. That's probably on your bucket list, right? So we're going we're, we're gonna to do that. That's that's first thing. Um, let's see here. No, I've got to do it up here. I'm not used to this. Save the date. That's not it. I'm going, oh, there we go. Okay, our, our word today that we're working on is, um, our, our letter is Tav. That's the one way down here on the lower right. And uh, each of these letters, according to Hebrew tradition, has, has a certain kind of a meaning. If you look at the slide there, the modern Hebrew letter Tav is the one on top. Originally, the ancient one, the ancient priests, used the one on the bottom, and it looks like a cross, correct? 
A cross-shaped mark takes us to Calvary. This is its meaning and significance, according to ancient Hebrew teaching, and emphasizes the supremacy of the cross of Christ in the whole salvation story, highlighting Christ's covenant with man. And so it's significant, even that this be the last, the 22nd letter of the Hebrew alphabet. Okay, now for a little, little bit of fun. Let's see if this... Nope. Come on, Will. Oh, there we go. Okay. Hebrew alphabet. Okay. Since you've all wanted to learn or say the Hebrew alphabet, here we go. You repeat after me, right? And which way do we go in Hebrew? Which way do we start? Where do we start? It's right to left. So up in the upper right-hand corner is Aleph, Beit, Gimel, Daleth, Hey, Vav, Zion, Haith, Taith, Yod, Kaf, Lamed, Mem, Nun, Samek, Ayin. And you got to do that right. I remember a Hebrew, my Hebrew prof, he said, it's got to start right here. Ayin. Say it. Ayin. There you go. Okay. Pei. Tzadei. Kof. Resh. Shin. Tav. Give yourself a hand. Uh, that, that, was, that was fantastic. That was fantastic. Okay, some of you didn't enjoy that. You didn't clap, evidently. Okay. Okay. Um, now, to, to, for just a little more effect, and um, this is just a little bit of fun. You see, I only have eight. Most of the guys did 16 verses, right, all through the summer. I only get to do eight. So either we go half as long, which I know you don't want, or we just add more material. Okay. Ah, there we go. I don't know if you've ever seen all these Hebrew letters in one, in one, uh, you know, group like that. You can see that this is an interlinear. In other words, the Hebrew is on top and the English transliteration is below it. Boy, I really need that uh, clicker thing. Um, can you read that at all? I hope, maybe a little bit. Okay, I'm going to go over here. You see where my finger is pointing? It says, let come near. Okay, you don't have to read this. But this, this is the way it would literally, if you transliterated it into English, it would be, let come near my cry to you, O Jehovah, by your word, Give me wisdom. Let come my prayer before you, and so forth. Now, I, you know, Hebrew's not an easy language to learn. Can we just say that? It's, it's um, and I never did learn it very well, but that's, 
That's just for effect or impact. If you, if you ever want to learn Hebrew, that's what, you're, that's what you're up against there. Okay. Let's, um, now let's go to the, uh, to the uh, text itself, the English text. We'll forget the Hebrew for a moment. Um, there is a Bible in front of you, and I would uh, suggest that as we consider the text, you find, find it in, and, and I'm a, I'm an old school, this is the Bible, this is Das Wort, and there's a Bible near you someplace, so I want to ask you whether you would follow along in that, because we're going to look at, we're going to look at the text in the Hebrew, uh, in, or in the English language. It's in the Bible. Find one in front of you. Most of you aren't moving. Please do. Because there's enough Bibles in, down under that chair. You're going to want to follow that. Uh, I'll guarantee you, because we're going to go really right out of the Word. Um, I, I would encourage you to do what I have done. Uh, I bought this Bible in 1983. I wouldn't take $20,000 for it because it's become a personal friend. I underline in it. I put things in the margins and so forth. And if you haven't had a, don't have a Bible that you do that with... I would uh, strongly suggest that you do that. Boy, it always goes backwards. Why is that? I'm going the right way. There we go. Okay. Um, the title of uh, that, that it seems to me applies to this passage of Scripture, these last eight verses, is listen to me. Okay. And so... Let's, uh, let's read that. Follow along. It's on, uh, Tav is on page 500. I'd looked that up this morning just to see and how interesting. It's on page 500 in that Bible. In case you haven't found it, that's where it is. Okay, I'm simply going to read the text to start with. And then we'll see what's in it for us. Tav, verse 169 and following. May my cry come before you, O Lord, Give me understanding according to your word. May my supplication come before you. Deliver me according to your promise. May my lips overflow with praise, for you teach me your decrees. May my tongue sing of your word, for all your commands are righteous. May your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let me live that I may praise you, and may your laws sustain me. I have strayed like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I have not forgotten your commandments. It seems to me that when I study a scripture, I look for organizational kind of things, things that kind of make sense or are in sequence. And I think these eight verses break very nicely into these categories, and I would suggest that they all apply to us. Praying, praising, 
planning, even confession and conclusion. So that's going to be our, our uh, outline, and we'll go rather quickly through that. But I'd first like to make uh, observations. It's, a, it's always good to say, okay, are there repeated phrases? Are there thing, ideas that are, that are said over and over again, or certain words? I notice, first of all, that the first five verses all begin with the same word. Did you notice that, if you're looking at your text? May my cry, may my supplication, may my lips, may my tongue, may your hand. And I look back at the other groups of eight verses, and I don't find that anywhere else. So it occurs to me that maybe it's uh, appropriate that as he's wrapping up these 176 verses, there's, a, there's sort of a wish list there of some kind, uh, something that uh, conveys what I want. May, may this happen or may that happen. I know that in some verses of the, the ESV, I don't know, Bill, whether yours, you have the ESV, don't you? It, I think it says let. Okay, that's a similar kind of a thing. But, you know, I've done many hospital visits and that kind of thing. For instance, and you come into a hospital room and you, you say, well, hi, Joe, how are you? Uh, you know, how, how's it going? How are you feeling? Uh, what's the procedure that happened and so forth? And then when you get ready to make your exit, you say things that, well, um, may sound like, well, may you get well soon, or, or may you heal quickly, or may, may this, or we wish this for you in a hospital kind of a, setting, for instance. Um, and it makes sense to me that also this, is, this can be kind of a wrap-up wrap up thought for uh, 119, because this is the only place where, where, that, is, uh, where that is indicated, uh, these little groups of May. There's uh, Psalm 20, in case you read the Psalms, you may even remember this, I don't know. Psalm 20, there's another whole Psalm that I read quite often to somebody in the hospital if I'm going to go visit. It, it starts something like, may God help you when you are in distress. May he remember your commitment to him. May, he re may you remember. There's another psalm with a whole bunch of mays. So that's just an observation that I think is, is kind of interesting. Okay, back to the text. Um, psalm, uh, or verses 169. Let's see. Ah! Okay, that happened right. Okay, the first section, these two verses, 169 and 170. May my cry come before you, O Lord. A cry is not something that is kind of whispered half-heartedly. A cry, I think he's calling out and saying, give me your attention. I want you to, to, want to make sure you hear me. And then a couple of... Uh, Another a couple more repeated phrases. May my cry come before you, O Lord. Verse 170. May my supplication come before you. May this enter your throne room, as it were. May you hear me. So it's a it's a it's a prayer. It's a, it's a a passionate prayer. In fact, the fact that he says, May my cry come before you, O Lord. When you want to say something to somebody that has some passion or some meaning or you want their attention, quite often you give their name, right? Cody, listen to me, right? 
or whatever. Uh, you, and, and he's saying, oh, Lord. There's kind of a pleading going on here, I think. May my cry come before you. Give me understanding. How many of you understand everything you know? Me either. Have you ever wondered, I just don't understand that. Why did this happen? Why is this happening? How did this happen? This doesn't make any sense. One of my buddies back here, he was telling me about something. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah? Does God always make sense? No. But the, 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 the writer, and I think it's Ezra, is saying, give me understanding. According to your word, there's something in here that ought to help me understand. In verse 170, may my supplication, just another fancy word for prayer, right? May my supplication, my prayer, come before you into your, would you hear me? Deliver me according to your promise. Anybody ever feel like you need a deliverance from something? Might be some difficulty, might be a problem, might be a relationship that's going south, might be an addiction. Lord, deliver me from this. Here I am. I did it again. I want to be delivered from this. All of it in the context of hear my prayer. It's a passionate prayer. Oh, Lord, do this for me. Okay. That's the first two verses. Get my clicker and see whether it'll work. There we go. Hear my praise, 171 and 172. Looking at that. May my lips, here, here's a switch, isn't it? He's been calling out in prayer and petition, supplication. A switch, 171. May my lips overflow with praise. When you have praise for somebody, what does that engender? It kind of tells me that there's, there, there's a confidence in this person. Uh, somebody uh, told me this morning, yeah, you're, you're going to do all right. You, you know, I mean, I haven't done this for a long time, but I'm, I'm doing my best, okay? So uh, you, you're, you're going to do fine. You can do this. A praise, a sense of confidence or, or trust, and maybe even in advance, I mean, Two verses before, he's calling out passionately. And by saying, I praise you, my lips overflow with praise. My tongue sings of your word, all in anticipation that God will hear that prayer. So he's praising in advance, kind of calling it forward. Why? May my lips overflow with praise for you teach me your decrees. Let's change that word for to something we understand a little better. Because. Why am I over my lips overflowing with praise? Because you teach me your, your decrees. You're going to answer my requests. Uh, may my tongue sing of your word. Because all of your commands are righteous. You are always right. You're never wrong, God, and I know that. How many of you are always right? One, two. Okay. You all can leave now. You don't need this anymore. Okay. Have, have you ever had to say to somebody, yeah, I know. You were right. I was wrong. 
Anybody ever had to do that? Okay, now we're getting some hands. All right. It happens. And, and the writer is saying here, my tongue will sing of your words, for I know your commands are always right. You never make a mistake. Um, not sure if this totally fits in, but there's a verse that I learned a long time ago that I love. Psalm 5, verse 3. Morning by morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. Morning by morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation because you are right. You will lead my day right. I don't know how to do this. Okay? Hear my praise. Again, um, similar kind of structure. My lips overflow with praise. My tongue overflows with praise. It's a similar phrase. Because you teach me your words. Because all your commandments are right. Kind of a similar phrase is there. And remember, wrapping this all up with, may this happen, may this happen. It's kind of the closing prayer for 170, 168 verses that have gone before. Right? This is the wrap-up. This is, this is kind of the final deal. Okay. Where's my clicker here? Um, I am, right? Um, right here. Okay. This sort of works. Here's my plan. Okay. We've heard about, you know, we, we have our plans and God has his own plans. So based on what he already knows about God, I think we can call this my plan. Here my plan. May your hand be ready to help me. Um, for I have chosen your precepts. I've learned that, okay, I'm, I'm ready. It's, it's almost like you owe me this. You ever tell God, you owe me this? Not really. Not really. But I almost get the sense. Let, let's say this is, that's that expectation word we were talking about. Okay, Lord, I've, I've prayed this, and I've praised you, and now here's, here's my plan. And notice what his plan is. May your hand be ready to help me. Like, I can't do this by myself, for I have chosen your precepts and I've tried to learn from them. I've chosen to learn your precepts. Read your word. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. There's that addressing again. What did we say about when you use somebody's name? It's for extra emphasis. Something important to him about, I long, I long for your salvation, O Lord. And your law is my delight. That, that salvation is a, is a state of being, a state of being rescued. Isn't that what salvation means? It means I'm in some kind of difficulty. We talked about that. And that, okay, if I'm in that difficulty, that addiction, that, that, that the state of needing salvation. How many of you needed salvation and needed at some point? I mean, all of us at some and we all need to be rescued. I long for your salvation, your rescue, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let me live 
so that, now I put in an extra word in there because it, it, it really should be there. Let me live that I may praise you. It's a purpose statement. Let me live so that I may praise you. And if you help me with this plan of being faithful to you as you are to me and to your word and following your precepts, which I've already learned, let me live so that I may praise you and your laws sustain me. I think um, the ESV, some of you have that. Uh, what is that? English Standard Version says, um, and may your rules help me. How many of you like rules? Yeah, not many of us like them, but, but they give us freedom. They give us some boundaries. Rules actually give us freedom because there are boundaries in which we know we can operate under the protection of whatever rule it is. So may your laws sustain me. May your rules help me. So... Um, let me back up just, just a bit because I want to camp on something that I think is important, pretty important. And that's that middle word in 174. Salvation. Salvation. Isn't that what it's all about? This whole book is about for God so loved the world that he wanted to save them. Um, I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but I think this is helpful to me. Salvation is really a process. First, I can say I have been saved from the penalty of sin. That's when I realize that I'm in need and there's nothing I can do to reach to holy God and live with him forever. And that fancy Christianese word is called justification. It's kind of like just as if I'd never sinned. I have been saved from the penalty of sin of going to hell and paying for my own sin because Jesus has already done that for me on the cross. Then there's a, the process continues as we spend time in this holy word about which this whole psalm is about, sanctification. I am being saved from the power of sin. Sin no longer has as much power over me once I have been saved from the penalty of sin, and I grow in my faith through the reading and the study of, of God's Word. In other words, sin is still resident because I have to fight it every day from that human nature, but it is no longer president. You get that? Sin is still resident because we fight it all the time, but it's no longer president because of the process of sanctification. I am being saved from the power of sin as I read, study, become stronger in my faith. That's what we prayed for for our college kids. As, as I pray that they are being saved from the power of sin because they're well grounded in the Word. Quentin, you picked a great bunch of songs. I mean, I was, you know... The, you take one phrase after another, got trouble, but he saves me, kind of thing. You go through all the texts of all the songs this morning, and they, they fit great. And then that final process, are, are we ultimately saved yet, now, today? Not ultimately. There will be a time of glorification. I will, shall be saved from the, or shall, from the presence of sin. Where I'm going, folks, 
Sin is not present. It's gone. It stays down here. The glorification that Christ promises to us because he defeated sin and lives with the Father, we can also enjoy and being glorified with God in heaven forever. I will be saved from the presence of sin. Do I hear and... Amen. Amen. Oh, that's almost loud enough. Good job. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, so back to... Let's see. Um, okay. What's left? I'm doing this right, folks. I guarantee you. Just what Will told me to do. Will's up there all by himself. Oh, there we go. Okay. So, this Tav is, listen to me. Listen to my prayer. Listen to my praise. Hear my plan, and my plan is vested in you, God. Oh, Lord. Remember where he said salvation. Oh, Lord. That was a repeated name again. Okay. One more verse. Um, I think that's where I'm at. Okay. Confession and conclusion. All right. One more page, maybe. Okay. Here he recognizes his inclination. I have strayed like a lost sheep. I'm warning you, Lord. I'm trying. I'm get, I, I've read your precepts, and I've committed myself to them, says the psalmist. But I'm, you know, I've strayed before like a lost sheep, and I'm warning you I may do it again. So, seek your servant. Keep your eye on me. I want you to watch me. For I have not forgotten your commandments, but it's easier said than done, right? He could have put that at the end. I wish he had. I have not forgotten your commandments, but it's easier said than done. That sin is still resident, even though it's no longer president, but I want you to be president. That's the conclusion. How many of you have uh, ever played in an orchestra or a band? Not very many of you. In my first life, no, no, let me say this first. How would an orchestra do without a conductor? Or a band, as far as that goes, to, to give cues and so forth. Probably be a major cacophony, I'm guessing, of some kind. In my first life, I was a band director. And it was my job to choose music, what we were going to play, uh, to hand out the music for each part so that they would all know what to play. It was my job when we started rehearsing to um, listen for wrong notes or parts that needed to be worked on. Ah, you missed a note there, oboe. Let's go over that. Let's practice that a little bit or whatever. Trumpets, you're out of tune. You know, wait, wait a minute. Everybody else, just take a break. We're going to tune up the trumpets. Yeah, that was my job as a conductor. 
right? Okay. Um, if we don't... God, God is our conductor. Through his instructions in his word, God is our conductor. Reading and studying and immersion is in God's word is essential to life as a Christian. Just like eating a well-balanced diet is essential to good, good living. Any idea what this is? Does it look familiar? Car manual. He can read. He's right up here in front. Well, he's seen a bunch of them. He's a mechanic, I'll tell you. Okay. How many pages do you think this has in it? 496. I bought the car a little over two years ago that belongs to this manual. You think I've read all of it? <laughs> What happened to the days of a steering wheel, a gear shift, a clutch, a brake, and a gas pedal? And maybe even a hand choke if you needed to start it. What, what happened to that? And maybe a little sheet of something. A modern car, 496 pages, you think I'm going to read that? You know what? This car that I bought a couple of years ago will very likely do a lot of things that I didn't even know about. I'm probably doing things manually that it will do automatically if I really knew how to do that and studied the manual. You know what? We go through a life just doing our own thing kind of manually, and I think there's a lot of things in here that if we really studied it like God intended for us to, we would learn something. Oh, that kind of happens if I just give that to God. That's an automatic. I don't have to do that on my own. God will do that for me. The brothers that I meet with will, you know, will do that, do that with me and for me. I don't think I'll ever read this whole thing. I mean, I'll keep it in the glove box for a reference. But this here, and because this here is going <laughs> to burn up someday quick, but this here is so much more important. It's essential for life. I close with one scripture verse that you all know or might all know. In fact, I've got it here. Oh, there it is. Thanks, Will. I didn't even do that. Follow this closely. All scripture is God's breathed. I mean, he just breathed this, this, all, these, all these commands we've been talking about for 176 verses. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking. How many of you like that? Yeah, me either. But it might be essential because sin is still resident. Correcting and training in righteousness. Oh, that our kids that went off to college out, to, out there someplace will have learned that. So that the man of God or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Das sagt das Wort. You know what that means? That says the word. That's not Hebrew, that's not Greek, that's German. Das sagt das Wort. Let's pray. Lord God, 
We just bless and thank you for your word, its thoroughness, its clarity, its pervasiveness, if we will but let it. We just bless and thank you uh, for what we have heard this morning from your word, not from me, but from your word, because you're the author. And we pray that uh, we will all be faithful in consuming your word, immersing ourselves in it so that we may ultimately be glorified and be in the place where there is no sin. Help us, meanwhile, to be faithful to you and to be a witness. And now, Lord, I pray that uh, you would go with these people, go with all of us. May you go behind us to encourage us. May you go beside us to befriend us. May you go beneath us to sustain us. May you go within us to empower us. And may you go above us to show us the way. 